When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One of the many useless nuggets of Swabizov philosophy that clutter the mind of man is the half-truth that what you don't know won't hurt you. The story you're about to hear categorically denies this eternal verity. In it, a man meets death face-to-face because of what, or rather whom, he did not know. A girl he had never met, but whose haunting duty led him to the brink of doom. The role of a hapless and harassed victim is played by an actor well-known to American audiences as the newspaper correspondent in Foreign Intrigue. Tonight, he doffs his trench coat for a pitchman's Benny and abandons the cobblestones of Stockholm for the sidewalks of Chicago's Loop. Listen, listen then as Jerome Thor stars in 19 Deacon Street, which begins in just one minute. As most of you know, G-Man is a nickname tacked on FBI agents about 20 years ago by some gangsters, and the name stuck. The FBI, Federal Bureau of Investigation, is part of the Department of Justice. It's a detective agency that goes after people who break federal laws. The FBI also does counterintelligence work, ferreting out spies and saboteurs. An amazing thing is that despite the extreme dangers of their responsibility, it wasn't until 20 years ago that they were given authority to carry guns. With no other weapons than courage, resourcefulness, and determination, they had to track down and bring in dangerous racketeers and spies whose business was wholesale murder. Today, however, you'll find the typical FBI agent may be a lawyer, accountant, or a specialist in some other profession specially trained to scientific police methods, handy with any type of weapon. Gentlemen all, until somebody gets rough, then uh, look out, Buster. And now... 19 Deacon Street, starring Jerome Thor. A tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. Neckties are my business. Wholesale. I came to Chicago with a red-hot line and an exclusive that the Middle West all sewed up. But first, I had to find a place to do business and a place to live. Well, some ham actor on the train tipped me off to a theatrical rooming house at 19 Deacon Street. So I go to this place, and the dame that answers the door looks like a tired old duchess. Oh, good afternoon. I'm looking for a room. I'm very sorry. We have no vacancy. Oh, well, an actor in the train said maybe you could put me up. An actor? Are you an actor? Well, yeah, sort of. Well, I do hate to turn you away if you're in the profession. There was a time when we catered exclusively to theatrical people. Well, any kind of a room would be okay. Well, come in, young man. We'll see what we can do. 
I do have a room that I've never rented. It's not really fixed up for renting. Now look, lady, I'm not particular. I'm away all day, and all I want is a place to sleep, you know. Well, I'm going to show this room to you on one condition. Yeah? This room belongs to someone very dear to me. She's away, but, well, I expect her back sometime. So? I want you to promise that no matter what, you will not disturb anything or ask any questions about her. That's a funny request. But I must make it. Promise? Okay, it's a deal. I'll turn on the light. Well? It's kind of feminine, isn't it? Yellow fluffy curtains, costume dolls, cold cream and grease paint. And hey, lady stockings. Yes, we haven't changed it at all because someday she'll be coming back. And she'll find everything just as she left it. She's good, you see. No matter what they say. Is this her picture on the mantel? Yes. Isn't she beautiful? Yeah. Yeah, I never saw such a beautiful day. Um, when do you expect her back? I, I don't know. Oh, didn't she say? No, she didn't say a word. One day she was here, and the next she was gone. Without a word. How long ago did she leave? In a few days, it will be ten years. Well, I rented the room. When the landlady left, I took the French doll off the pillow and flopped down on the bed for a little nap. But from where I lay, I could look straight at the picture of the beautiful blonde. And I felt the back of my neck crawl. There was something about her eyes and her long golden hair. Finally, I couldn't stand it any longer. I jumped up and turned the picture to the wall. Then I dozed off. There she was. My dream. Crying. Just the face. Soft gray eyes and the golden hair. What was she crying about? What was wrong? What's wrong, Laverne? Laverne! Laverne! What's the matter, Laverne? Mr. Schwartz! Mr. Schwartz! Laverne, what are you crying? Oh, Mr. Schwartz! Are you all right? Yeah. I'm all right. Just a bad dream, I guess. But I heard you calling out. You were calling Laverne. Who? Laverne. That's the name you were calling, wasn't it? Well, I don't know. Laverne. Yeah, I guess I was. How did you know, Mr. Schwartz? How did you know her name was Laverne? Well, I don't know. I don't know how I knew. I knew her name. I knew the name of the blonde, but I'd never met her. I pestered the landlady for details. Begged her to tell me Laverne's last name and how she had disappeared. But the old dame wouldn't talk. So when I finally got rid of her, I locked the door and went to work to find out for myself. I went through that room with a fine-tooth comb. But I couldn't find a thing to tell me who the girl was. Not a letter, not a card, not an envelope. Nothing. But I did find a key in a jacket pocket. Had a tag on it, and the figure nine was written on the tag. There was nothing in the room the key would fit. But maybe someplace I'd find a lock it was made for and then, high on the closet door, I found a telephone number scrawled with eyebrow pencil. 
arrogant. 8612. I went downstairs to the whole phone, dialed it, and got a busy signal. Well, at least the number was still alive. And maybe, just maybe, somebody on the other end could tell me about Laverne. An hour later, I was still dialing that number and still getting a busy signal. So finally, I went up back to my room. After all, what business was it of mine if some babe disappeared ten years ago? I had my own headaches. I had 400 dozen fancy neckties to get rid of. But Laverne was still in that room. I felt it in my bones, and I couldn't sleep. In the morning, I started scrounging around the loop, looking for a place to set up shop. And I finally found it down on South State. A building all boarded up. It looked like it was once a theater, and it looked like it hadn't been used for 50 years. So the rent couldn't be too high. And it was big and central. So I just ankled around to the alley and tried the stage door. Hey, anybody in there? Hey, just a minute. What do you think you're doing? Huh? Oh, hello, officer. I was looking for the janitor. Does it look like there'd be a janitor around with the doors all padlocked like this? Yeah, but there's a light burning inside. It's just a work light on the stage. Burns all the time. What do you want, mister? I want to rent the joint. Where can I find the owner? Rent it, huh? You better get in touch with Jasper Florence. The big stage producer? That's right. He used to run this little burlesque house before he was in the chips. Got his start here. You can probably get him on the phone at his office. Okay, pal. Thanks a lot. Hello, I'd like to speak to Mr. Florence, please. Who's calling, please? My name's Swartz. What do you wish to talk to Mr. Florence about, please? He's very busy. Yeah, I know, but I ain't no ham actor looking for a job. Tell him I want to rent some space from him. Rent space? Yeah, the old Florence Theater on State Street. Oh. Well, hello? I'm sorry, but the Florence Theater is not for rent. Not for rent? But why? Mr. Florence orders. I burned up. The nerve of that guy letting his theater sit there empty while I needed it so bad. Well, I wanted back to the rooming house and got a detective mystery and tried to pass the time away. It didn't work. I couldn't think of a thing except Laverne. Then I lay back on the bed and I must have been dead tired because in nothing flat, I was out. <laughs> There she was again. That beautiful girl sobbing. This time I was sure she was trying to say something to me. Trying to get a message of some kind to me. But I just couldn't understand. What was she trying to say? Was she asking me to find her? Improving his education? Who are you? You may not believe this, but my name is Goosey Gander. That's an unusual name. I sell an unusual product, the G.I. Bill. 
Did you know that the GI Bill will pay active duty personnel up to $175 a month toward college tuition, books, and fees? Interesting. This figure is prorated according to whether the serviceman attends classes on a part-time or full-time basis. Provocative. The question is, is your husband Leonard man enough to take advantage of the GI Bill? Leonard isn't my husband. He's a poodle in the canine corps. And now... Starring Jerome Four, Act Two of 19 Deacon Street. It took two sleeping pills before I got rid of Laverne. The next morning, I set out to see Mr. Florence. Personal. He lived in a very classy pad up on the Gold Coast. He looked just like his pictures. Tall and gray-looking with a nice sort of a smile. But his necktie was lousy. I believe my secretary told you yesterday that I'm not interested in writing a theater. Sure she did. But, Mr. Florence, did you ever have a hunch? A hunch? Oh, yes, of course. Well, I got a hunch about your theater. I see. I'm afraid it's out of the question. But why? Well, it's where I produced my first shows. And it has memories for me. Some pleasant, some not so pleasant. Opening it up again would be like opening up a part of my past that I'd rather keep closed. But ain't that kind of silly, Mr. Florence. I wouldn't put on shows there. All I want to do is sell neckties and wholesale lots. I admire your persistence, Mr. Schwartz, but uh, the answer will always be no. Okay, you win for now. But I ain't giving up. Because when I want something real bad, I usually get it. Now, here's my card. I've written my phone number on it in case you change your mind. And you'll change your mind, Mr. Florence. You think so? Yeah, I think so. As you say, I'm persistent. So, with nothing better to do, I spend the next couple of days on the phone, bugging Mr. Florence about his theater and trying to get the Aragon number I found in Laverne's closet. Florence kept telling me no, and the Aragon number keeps on sending a busy signal. But, like I say, I'm persistent. And finally, it answers. Hello, little Joe Sorrento. Huh? This is little Joe Sorrento. Who you want? Is, uh... Is Laverne there? No, we got no Laverne. What the number you call? Aragon 8612. You got the number, but we no got no Laverne. And where are you located? Corner North Clark and Willoughby. Thanks. I'll be over for a pizza. Little Joe Sorrento was a run-down spaghetti joint. I went inside, and right away over in the corner, I saw the telephone that had been giving me the busy signal. And no wonder. It's a public phone booth, and right now, one guy is in it, and two others are waiting for it. I go over to the bar and cut up touches with little Joe, the proprietor. How long you had this place, Joe? Ah, uh, 14 or nearly 15 years. Why? You've seen a lot of people come and go, huh? Marshal plenty. You got a memory for faces? Uh, look, you see I'm busy, mister. Here, take a look at this picture. So what? You recognize her? Well, sure, she's been in here a long time ago. What's her name, Joe? I can't remember her name. I suspect she was a showgirl, I think. Uh, Claire something. Wasn't it Laverne, Joe? Uh, that's right, Laverne Claire, yeah. She always come in with a big shot. The big shot? Well, it wasn't so big shot then, but he was going to places... Then she jilled him and ran off with another guy. Yeah, I remember very good because he used to come in here after that he get drunk all the time. She break him up pretty bad. And who is this big shot? You remember that, Joe? <laughs> oh, a big producer. 
uh, Jasper Florence. In just a moment, we continue with the third act of... something that made me almost drop in my tracks. I saw somebody move. I was sure of it. Just off stage, a guy moved in the darkness. Come out of there, you! Out of there! He didn't move. I walked over closer. The dressing room, the guy I saw was Maury Swartz. That's right, me. Maury Swartz reflected in the dressing table mirror. But just then I saw a door to another dressing room across the hall. And on it was the number nine. I remembered the key I had picked up in Laverne's room. In a flash, I had it out of my pocket and was trying to get the door. Number nine, the tag said, and it worked. I stepped in and then I stepped on something. It was dark and I couldn't figure what it was, so I lit a match. There on the floor were the white bones of a skeleton. Beside them, long golden strands of hair. Then I knew Florence had killed her. He had killed her, then closed his theater and locked it up so she'd never be found. No wonder he wouldn't drink. And because I wouldn't take no for an answer, he thinks I know something about her murder. That's why he called me down to the theater. That's why he left the door unlocked. To get me in here and never let me out. He's in here somewhere now. But where? I had to get out of there fast. There was only one exit across the stage, over the footlights, and out the door I'd come in. I crossed to the stage and reached the footlights when suddenly... The master curtain was unrolling, crashing down on me. I jumped back just in time. The lad, if that roller had hit you, it would have saved me the trouble. Florence, where are you? You can't see me, Schwartz. But I can see you. I'm on the catwalk in the shadow. 
but you're well lighted by the work lights. You make a very good target. Uh, I will do that, Schwartz. You make one move to put out the lighter to get away, I'll cut these come away and you'll be smashed to nothing. You can't get away with this, Florence. Can I? I got away with it once and I would again. You don't have much of a chance, do you? The master curtain has you fenced in on the stage and you can't get over the footlights. I can get out by the side, Florence. That's a long walk, my friend. And long before you take it, I'll drop these sandbags on you. Maybe I'll be faster than you will. Then what, Florence? Then you'll fry for killing that girl. She had it coming. And so have you, my friend, for meddling. And you're going to get it. Because I'm cutting the weights loose now. Look out that railing! That's a long way to fall. And an awful way to die. Even for you, Florence. There's the story. If you don't believe it, I wouldn't blame you. But that's the way it happened. Oh, by the way, if you happen to need any ties, I got a nice new line in. Hope you won't think it's in bad taste. But these ties, and they come in all colors, got a girl's picture on them. I call it the Laverne tie. So don't forget, look me up. I got a little stand in Rosenblatt's department store. You can't miss it in the bargain basement. Suspense. In which Jerome Thor starred in William N. Robeson's production of 19 Deacon Street by Lawrence Marcus and Robert Webster Light. Supporting Mr. Thor in 19 Deacon Street were Paula Winslow, Sidna Scott, Jack Crucian, Ted DeCorsia, and Norm Alden. Listen. Listen again next week when we return with another tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. of being upsold at gyms. 
My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.